Troops, here we are, we're live. It's another Eagle podcast. We're still in the middle of COVID-19. Are we coming out of lockdown? Who knows? Um, but one thing is for certain, the Eagle podcast will keep on bringing on awesome people to help you think about your day-to-day tasks. And I've been joined tonight by Joanne, who's a therapist, but she's going to go into what sort of a therapist she is. But first of all, Joanne, welcome to the show. And how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Um, yeah, great. So, yeah, I'm Joe. Uh, just correct you, it's Joanna. <laughs> all right, well, there you go. There's a second, there's a second name mistake I've made today. Um, oh, no, this... don't worry. No worries. You can call me whatever you like. It's fine. <laughs> we'll go with Joe. I'll, be, I'll, yeah. I'll remember Joe um, from my main man, Joe Exotic. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah talk us through what you do um and we'll go from there okay so i'm a therapist um i know there's like lots of different types of therapists out there um my background is uh working in mental health i worked in mental health for about 20 years um i've worked from with people in forensic psych services right the way through to my current work which is more in the community um, I work with lots of different people, sort of uh, with anxiety, depression, mood disorders, you name it, really. I'm quite sort of general. I see a really wow. broad spectrum. Yeah. What? You'll be really busy at this moment. If not right now, definitely this after this is all finished, I think like a lot of people will have, um, what's the right word? come off balance, come off kilter, lost the way, whatever you want to, whatever we want to use it. How are you sort of, um, are you already preparing the speech, the talk, the program to to combat how they did so badly in, in what we class as a crisis at the moment? Oh, do you know, it's, it's interesting. We're already in it. You know, I'm already there kind of speaking to clients. Um, We've uh, one of the organisations I do some work for. We're working closely with NHS staff as well and supporting them through it. Um, Mm. I think what you find is early on in a crisis, you get this big adrenaline surge. So everyone kind of copes all right. You get a little bit of hysteria, a little bit of kind of giddiness and people are adjusting. Then what happens, and what I've been finding the last week is people are dipping, the energies and the adrenaline is starting to slow down a bit, and that's mm. where people really need the support and they need that kind of uplift. Um, PTSD has been predominantly um, put on soldiers, sailors and airmen who have come back from armed conflict. I believe that the NHS staff and other key workers w- will suffer from PTSD after this is finished um how are we gonna help them people through the process absolutely 100% I think that's why um I'm doing the work I'm doing with NHS and the organization I work for we're a bunch of different therapists Uh, we've got yoga teachers myself counselors uh, lots of different types of therapy and we're um working really to prevent that I suppose looking at a more of a preventative approach to that and trying to give um our NHS staff a bit of space to be able to work through that as they Mm. as they're facing it rather than waiting and until the time is too late Mm. I, I feel like I'm looking at the current situation we're we're in a battle um the the 
we've had the initial contact, the first rounds have been fired, and, and now we're going through um, the stages of the battle. We're progressing with the battle. Um, and it's only after a battle has finished and all the dust has settled that you'll see people sort of um, pretend to manage it. I pretended to manage it um, through humour and um, drinking, which is not a great mm -hmm. coping strategy. Um, some people will just completely lose it altogether. Uh, and then there's that. Some people can just get through it um, and it doesn't really affect them. But I feel like a after this will be a different society. What have you seen from your local community which makes you think the human race isn't actually a bad thing? Oh, do you know, our local, I'm really lucky where I live. It's amazing. We've got a good spirited community. Everyone really pulls together. Yeah. Um, we've got big hospitals in uh, very close to me. So uh, a lot of friends and colleagues are in the front line as well. Um, so, yeah, we're just rallying around, you know, like everything from uh, food deliveries. We've got one of our local uh, restaurants. We're all contributing towards that and they're delivering food to the staff oh, on the COVID-19 wards. We're yeah, we just all the all of our wellbeing centres locally. We're all doing something to offer support. Um, I think what you said about the other side coming out the other side, people cope in the crisis, mm. and then they get out the other side. And quite often, you get what like a reverse culture shock. You come yeah. out, the brain says it's safe to fall apart, it's safe to lose mm. it, and then you get that kind of meltdown, crumble, yeah. difficulty coping. I can only I can only relate to it to my time in in Afghanistan where, um, for for a period of time my my routine was set in stone, and then, literally, twenty four hours later I went from a, a hostile war fighting environment to being back on the streets where I live, yeah. and like you're writing what you're saying, it's like, oh I'm in somewhere safe now, so it's okay just to fall apart, yeah. um, which I think um. Is, is something that we've got to be careful of because I do believe as quick as COVID-19 has come, as quick as it'll go because the whole world is fighting this fight. So all the top yeah. science, all the top companies, they're all racing to create a cure because they know whoever creates the cure ends a global pandemic and they'll go down in history. Um, and obviously they'll make a lot of money as well, um, which is sad, but unfortunately true. Yeah. Um and then once COVID nineteen's finished, um, I wonder where society will go. Um, what What's your take on it? Oh, it's bonkers, isn't it? Who knows? Who knows? Um, there's There's so two sides, aren't there? You know, there's that. Let's learn from this. Let's really build a, a better world uh, where we're a bit more conscious and aware and connected, mm. where we care a bit more about nature and community. Mm where we uh, live more sustainably but then equally there's another whole side of culture that just craves what was before and mm. um, who you know who knows hopefully we'll learn some stuff from this it's a good yeah. time to learn stuff yeah and you only again i think we've talked before but you only learn through hardship and through tough times um yeah. and i don't want to sound I can only draw off my own experiences and I've experienced something a lot, a lot harder than um, being in my own home um, with a partner that I love. Plenty of food, warm water, 
central heating, Disney plus Netflix. Like I've got all of these things, but yet some people are telling me it's the hardest thing they've ever experienced. And I'm like, I'm struggling to sort of see that yeah. because I've experienced like something so extreme. Proper hardship. Um, but I'm not trying to be judgmental because what I've experienced is again, was my choice because I chose to join the army. So therefore it was my choice, but no one chose to have a crack at COVID-19. No one said, no. yeah, I'll put my hand up and have a go at this. Um, but the clapping the clapping for the NHS and the key workers on a Thursday night really interests me because I would mm. like to see it become a, a thing long gone past COVID-19. I'd like to see us constantly do it. Do you think it's something we can sustain? Yeah, I think it's amazing. Just you know, whether it be the clapping or in any form, just that support for the people that really do matter. Yeah. The people that make huge impacts on the world that are really positive. And, mm. you know, we've just, those people have been neglected. I, I've got my careers in the NHS. One of my reasons for leaving was just the pressure and the lack of resource and the inability mm. to work effectively. You know, that made me kind of... I suppose bail on the NHS I suppose, yeah. if you want to look at it that way. It, does it does it come to a point though because the NHS is free now this is only my personal take on it because it's free the word free normally gets abused um is there a lot of people who use the NHS who who don't need to use it but sort of use it as a as a place to go I, I always you... sort of feel like it's abused in some way like at the end of the day at the moment we're all staying in our homes and the doctor's surgeries aren't open. But if they were open, mm. people would be going down, oh, I've got a sniffle, I'll go down the doctor's. Yeah. Or... There's a bit of that. But I suppose I've worked in mental health services where actually we're just massively under-resourced. Mm. Mental health services are the poor component. Mm. They're the, the most neglected, in my mind anyway, they're one of the most neglected um, parts of the NHS. So the mm. people that you do, do see are the people that desperately need it. But yeah. then there's these all these people that really need it to stop them getting to crisis point that don't get a look in or don't get the support. But yeah, I'm sure there are lots of people that do, you know, turn up at A&E, turn up at GP practices for whatever reason. And yeah, it's a bit more complex. I I don't like, I don't know if I'm sure about the word abusing it, (laughs) but maybe, (laughs) maybe their needs aren't being met elsewhere. I suppose. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair enough. That's just, um, that's just my sort of take on it um i just find i, I find sort of getting an appointment i mean i i don't mm. go to the doctors it's like i i truly believe that um sick mind and sick body go to the doctors like i feel like if you think you're ill you you become ill so like a lot of people they stare into the darkness all the time. They consume negative food. They consume negative content. So they, yeah. what they do is they make themselves ill. Yeah. So like stress is a big component, isn't it? Your body gets stressed. Your immune system gets weaker. You know, oh, I've got a cold. Like I know some people, it's like the sick 12 months of the year. And it's like, how? And it's, yeah. and it's because I feel like they're on this negative pull all the time. Um, is that something that you try to change with people? Do you try to give them a positive outlook on life absolutely so the way I work is pretty holistic um you know I'm I I see a lot of people in a lot of difficult situations and I'm all about really kind of changing mindset and lifestyle rather than just mindset 
you know mm. it's it's got to be a whole health approach like you say yeah. like you know if you if you're fueling yourself on rubbish if you're not moving if you're not getting out in the fresh air if you're not doing all the mm. other things that keep you well then the mind isn't going to be in a good place either mm. and vice versa you've got to work yeah. on the whole yeah if someone comes to you what what's the sort of first thing you either ask them or what is it the first thing they is there like a constant one thing that always do you do you ever hear the word social media a lot i'm just interested in how that is coming into people's <clears throat> mental health yeah um social media i always ask about social media use in an initial consultation with someone especially my youngsters my youngsters um yeah really hooked into social media and there's you know a lot of conflict there with that mm, the the being given terrible role models aren't they um who who are trying to sell them makeup or they're trying to sell them earbuds or whatever they're trying to sell them but <laughs> yeah. i don't really see any great young role models coming out for anyone um especially with the emergence of certain certain social media platforms and I'd quite like to see the end of this badger bait and reality TV programs that go on. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, the, 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 the trashy sort of, um, let's all get drunk and put a lot of people in a house and see how it goes. Um, don't really know what that benefits people from. Um, what, uh, talk us through, talk us through the process. And if someone sort of comes to see you, how do you get to know what the problems could be? So, when someone comes to see me, I just have that space for them, really. It's their space. Um, yeah. My interest is not about what I think they need. It's about what they think they need. Yeah. Um, so I'll talk about their history. I'll talk about what they feel they need, what their gut feelings are. People don't listen to their gut feelings. Mm. Um, we'll look at what emotions are coming up for them. Um, I'm very much kind of focus on we accept our, we have to learn to live and with and accept our emotions. Emotions are natural. Yeah. Um, and we all experience a whole range of them. We shouldn't try and shut them out. They, they bring information to us. Mm. And if we learn to listen to our emotions and be with our emotions, then we can often find the information we need to move beyond and forward with them. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. no, it does. It, yeah. it does. It does make sense. Do you ever feel like saying, um, obviously I've come from a very hard background with very military sort of schooling. So like my answer to everything is accountability. Everything is your fault. Every win is your win and every loss is your loss. Um, And when you can accept that, then you truly, truly can change and you don't blame anybody else for, for where you are. There's a lot of people who I think blame everything else instead of just saying there's always one person to blame and it always starts with you, with an individual. Um, We, we make choices, but we make the choices. I feel like there's a lot of people who hide behind other people for, for whatever reason they do, instead of just saying, yeah, I haven't done that because, because of me. Um, yeah. What, what, what you, why do you think people do that? Why do you think oh, people don't take I responsibility? Think, do you know, I think there's a lot of reasons. I think the psychology behind it is really complex. Um, I could, I could do a whole new, a whole other podcast on that. <laughs> Go for it. Shoot it. Shoot <laughs> no, it. No, I can't. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it depends on so much. You know, if you look at the neurology behind psychology, does that make mm -hmm. sense? So, so we've yep. got, you know, early childhood development and learning that instills certain patterns yeah. in, our, in our mind. Now, to shift those patterns, you've got, you can, you can change certain elements. You can work with what you've developed because you, you develop neural pathways as a child. Yeah. Some of those become quite entrenched and stuck, I suppose, if you like. Yeah. Um, some are more easy to shift, but yeah, absolutely. Accountability is everything. Somebody, f the, first, the first thing I need to know from a client is that they want to make a change yeah. and that they recognize that, that they are there to do that and to work with me rather than me giving them a magic pill that's gonna <laughs> or wave in a magic wand they've got to do the work yeah. um i can give them some skills and tools and insights and help them reflect on what they need to change but they've got to do the work ultimately so yeah in that way this might be the wrong way to put it but um do you think some people quite like having the stigma like they quite like that oh well, the got label yeah, they quite like the label. I feel like some people love the label, like they love the hashtag. Like they, they want to say, like I'm, I was statement of dyslexic as a young, as a young child. But, Snap! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't ever, I've never used it. Like I've never gone, oh, um, I'm dyslexic. Like I've never put it out there as like a shield. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's just something that you're not very good at. And then you've got to learn to adapt to, to get around it. But I feel like some people, it's like, oh, I've got to, I've got to let you know that I've got this all the time. That's the reason why I'm not so good because of this thing. Um, and there's plenty of people who are dyslexic who are like Richard Branson's probably one of the most famous, isn't he? Um, mm -hmm. what, what's your take? Do you think people love hiding behind a label? Again, I don't know that people love hiding behind a label. I'm sure some people do. Use it perhaps to the it's a it's what I would call in therapy resistance when right. people resist change. Yeah. So they'll put up a, resi a a resistance block, and sometimes people will put those. They that's part of their their identity is so embedded in what they um, have been labelled mm. as that it's really hard. You've got to kind of work with someone to form a new identity. Otherwise, they're left kind of identityless. Yeah. Oh, I'm feeling that. quite quite vulnerable. So what I would work with someone to do is to build up their confidence in themselves aside from the label so they feel ready to let the label go. Interesting. Does, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that... Do, that, do you get a that, slightly that, different that, take, it, isn't it? I don't know if I answered Yeah, no, it is. It's, and, it's, and, it's good, and it's good to have different takes because it, it, that's how you learn and that's how, yeah. you, um, that's how you grow. I, I sort of say that um, people tell stories, like... For example, if I said, let's go for a run at five in the morning and someone said, oh, no, I can't do that. And it's like stories like it's a, you, <laughs> you're not going to give it a story. Do you know what I mean? It's just a yeah. made up fantasy. And we're in this little group that I'm in and, 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 and it's brutal. It's like honest, truth city. Um, and I think it really helps you as, as long as you're prepared to hear it, as long as you're yeah. prepared to hear it, then it's good for you. I don't know where you'd be if you were very sort of, soft-skinned and you couldn't have a bit of home yeah. a bit of home truth sometimes a bit of home truth is um is good is good for everyone but I'm, I, I i don't suppose i've ever really come across anyone who was in that that bad of a place where i'd be like right fella home truth time <laughs> do you know what i mean 
yeah see I'm working with a lot of people that are in that have got suicidal thoughts that yeah. um, are really quite in, in fragile places so yeah. my first I always say I've got to be a bit of a salesperson in some ways I've got yeah. to sell them the idea of hope and change wow. I've got to sell them optimism I've got to sell them this idea that they can actually do that and once I can get them hooked into that then we can do the work and yeah. then they can hear once they're not quite so fragile then they can hear what they need to hear yeah. so it's it, it's um it's a bit of a dance as a therapist depending on who you're working with some people I'm absolutely brutal with and I'll just wow. like because I can uh, I know they're in a safe place emotionally to be able to cope with that who do you um who do you listen to or read or who's like the guiding voice um I'll I'll give you. Do you know who David Goggins is? Yeah. So like I listen to a lot of Goggins because yeah, like I think good. what he's done is truly, truly amazing and absolutely below average human, and that's his words. And he's turned himself into this steely idealer of death. Like he's David Goggins, the man, but when he's the machine, he's Goggins. And yeah, like I love I love that. Do you know what I mean? Like I've listen to a lot of his podcasts and stuff. And I'm like, talk about a guy who's created an, an absolute mindset. Is there anyone who you listen to who, who you inspires you? Oh, who inspires me? Do you know, it's interesting. A lot of my clients inspire me if yeah. I'm really honest. Well, um, but in terms of, I suppose, famous people or uh, I like Andy Puddicombe, who's the founder of the Headspace app. Right. Okay. He's just he's just really mellow and strong and steady. He's a sturdy guy, and he's just got good insight. Really good insight. Uh, I, you know, and I really respect that. I quite like. There's a couple of um, uh, I don't know if you know Brené Brown or Susan David, and they talk very much about it's okay and the power of being vulnerable and allowing yourself vulnerability. Yeah. Um. Not not so much because obviously. I think I, I gravitate to shouters. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I gravitate to shouters and, and motivators and they tend to be very sort of um, in your face passionate. But I do like, I do think it works well when you, if you're that type of person, you do need to listen to someone, a, quite, a quieter voice and a more calm and um, sober voice. So I'll have to, um, I'll have to probably find them. But uh, I'm not I'll really. Send, I'll send yeah. you the links, and you can you can give me an assessment of your, your thoughts on it. <laughs> yeah, I just but think, I think it's... This is, what's important though is that, and it highlights is how different we all are. And I think mm. this is what I this is what I think is so important to put out there as a message for me as a therapist is we're all unique, we're all different. One one model, one approach, mm, no, one yeah, attitude doesn't suit everybody. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree on that. Um, one thing that NHS Scotland did, um, I think, I don't know how long it's been in play, but doctors and, and, and therapists are prescribing the great outdoors. Mm. Um, you, 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 that's something you'd be up for, you'd be, yeah? Yeah, no, that's something we already sort of look at doing. I know in the um, Shetland Isles, they have a prescription programme. Wow. Um, it's something I'm working with some people locally on at the moment, but... Yeah, I mean, that's what I, I do, walk-talk sessions outside. Cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's great. It's awesome. I, I think um, we came from the great outdoors. We've, we've, we've moved away from it. And we've, we now, in some respects, we fear the great outdoors where we used to live there. And going, going back there, 
it's almost like muscle memory. You, you sort of remember that this is where you were from and you used to be a part of nature. We're very much removed from nature now. Everything we do is sort of destructive in, in our destructive ways. But go, going back there and sort of whenever I go to the, to the mountains, the hills, whatever, it's a place where there's no noise, there's no um, distraction and it's some place you can really think. Like when I say really think, I mean it's completely quiet and you have only your own thoughts to listen to. I've had some great conversations on my own. Um, <laughs> I wish I'd recorded them. <laughs> um, They're the best. <laughs> what um, What do we have to do to get this in and, and, and rubber stamped by the NHS England and, and more and more people to be told, you don't need a course of drugs. What you need is a new routine and, and the outdoors. Oh, what do we need to do? We just need to keep going on about it to health boards, local health boards. Um, you know, again, locally, we've got a really good system set up. So I got free training to do some of my walk and talk stuff. Um, yeah, well. yeah it's, there's, there's, there are loads of little projects. It just needs lots of people to be uh, putting proactive. the energy and, and yeah, and being proactive with it. Yeah. I, I'm, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a little funny story. Um, uh, a diabetes, a diabetic nurse come out with me um, last year. And uh, it's interesting because I told her that diabetes was a state man. Um, and what I mean by that is poor lifestyle, poor diet can, can lead to diabetes. So if you reverse those things, then surely it can be, it can be reversed. You can basically, tongue in cheek, I said, out train diabetes. <laughs> I believe that you could reverse the tide and I was saying that we should use it the outdoors and hill walking because it's very low impact but great for fat burning great for muscle toning low level core um, great for all that stuff and eventually we, we sort of had a we had a bit of an agreement but at first she was a bit like state of mind <laughs> Which, <laughs> and I was like yes if, if you think about it type um, 2 diabetes yes yeah yeah, type 2 yeah. diabetes, yeah. But yeah. type 2 leads into type 1, doesn't it? Uh, it depends. You've got Because you, type 1 is autoimmune, so yeah. you can be born with type 1. So. Yeah. But uh, like my, my father, um, his, his poor lifestyle led yeah. him into type 2, which yeah. is now, obviously, he's got worse and worse and worse and has now um, yeah. on, it's gone into insulin. But and that's I the was, big problem, isn't um, it? Yeah, no, that's so. I think if we if we did that for the um, for what you're doing and, and and the mental health side, I think we would we would create so many new opportunities. And what would happen with the outdoors is people find their own little thing that they love. So they'll find oh, long distance trails, certain mountains, certain valleys, rock climbing, and that they'll find community. And once you yeah. find community, you find a place, don't you? And I feel like a lot yeah. of people are. A lot of people are lost. They've got a map, but there's nothing on it. And the compass is just spinning. So they're like, yeah. I don't know where I'm going. And it's until someone yeah. says, we're going over here. And it's this way. Because um, um, do you believe there's um, a lot of people are chiefs and a lot of people are Indians. And, and sometimes you need like a strong person, don't you, to sort of say, come on, guys, come over. If you look at who's the, the do you know One <clears throat> Year No Beer? Have you seen that group before? No, I haven't. She, it's a great group and the guy who created that basically created a brand new community and said look it's it's okay not to drink alcohol 
don't feel mm. like it's some sort of embarrassment, come over here and see what it's all about. And there's now, I'll send you the link. It's a great, it's a great community and they all encourage each other. And there's people yeah. just starting out literally week one, day one. There's people who haven't drank for years and there's just constant, there's never any negativity in there. And I'm like, no, that's really good. Do they do stuff like, yeah, like locally, we have quite a lot of like sober raves and stuff. Right. And you, yeah, on, I think, yeah, I, they're really cool. It's it's obviously it's a it's a national thing. It's I think it's he was a um, he worked in the city, city, and, and sort of hosted big clients and sort of felt like he had to socially get hammered all the time, um, but then sort of found a way to change it and then started this one year no beer group and then from there it just grew grew legs and now it's you know a million people in it. So. Cool we could do we could do that do you know what I mean we could start our own little movement i feel like that's what it's going to take <laughs> it's, going to take, it's going to take some some as long some, as we take care of as long as we take care of our environment when we're out there exploring it that's 100%. the thing isn't it yeah. yeah no um and that's just that's just good uh, husbandry um you won't believe this but we've absolutely thrown through this podcast um i know and sorry what do is, <laughs> no it's all right we're on to half an hour we're doing really well I do, I do go on. I do, like, if you get me talking about mental health, <laughs> hey, that's, chat forever. No, that's what you're here for. Um, what would you like to see after this COVID is, is I don't want to say finished, I don't know, when, I think that's too much of a divisive word, but on the downscale side, what would you like to see people in your profession and the NHS uh, and other bodies doing? Uh, just recognising and putting more investment into mental health. Yeah, you know, like they, uh, yeah, just really recognizing the impact emotionally that this is having on staff and and all sorts, and just kind of bringing that sense of community together, really um, lifting people up, getting people out, being a bit more holistic about health, and yeah. When when you say, break down that word holistic for me, I've heard I've heard it a few times, but what what does oh, it? It's looking at we. We're whole, aren't we? You know, we're yeah. physical and emotional beings and the two aren't disconnected. The two are entwined. Right. So we've got to work on both. You know, we've got to eat right. We've got to move right. We've got to think right um, to mm. be really healthy and well. And we've got to connect right as well. We're social beings. Yeah. And we've, and we've become unsocial because of, I, I believe, social media and we crave we crave attention from people who we don't know, but then we'll sit on a couch with loved ones and not speak to them all night. But yeah, hundred percent. But, but go on the hunt for likes and comments from people who we've never met. Find yeah. it bizarre. Yeah, um, it's odd. I know, sort of, Instagram made a good move last year where they took off the like counter, so you can no longer see how many likes a page has got. I'd like them to take it a step further and move the follow unfollow thing. Like, I don't know why that's relevant. How it, where I can see how many followers you've got. Like, it's not about that. It's about the content that you put out. Um, I don't really, I don't understand it. I think it, I think it sent, sets us back as a race of people. It's like, I've brought the football, so it's my game. Um, sort of mentality, and I, and I don't understand it. And what we're doing there is we're telling the younger generation to be liked, you must have this. Yeah. And I don't, I don't get it. I really don't. What's, um, 
what what's your take from working within your profession and of oh, social media? Hundred percent. It's kind of false self-esteem. It's not it's not solid self-esteem to but yeah, we're encouraging self-esteem in our youngsters to be built on image and kind of quite fragile, flimsy things, really. Mm. You know, followers, likes. What what do they really mean? They mean nothing, don't they? Yeah. It's about true, real connection. That's what it kind of where well, my mind what it should be. Hundred percent. They 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 don't they don't mean a thing. Um, they don't. They certainly don't pay the bills. Um, they don't make you a better human being. Um, and most of the time, people have bought their Instagram accounts, which is really sad. Which I think really says a lot about them as like a as an individual, which is which is a shame. Um, but we're going to move on, Joe, to the five Thank watts. You, oh, okay, go for it. <laughs> yeah. So we've all had to change routine in the current climate. So what does your day look like now? Uh, it's all over the place. I've got a four-year-old. I'm homeschooling. I'm still trying to do yoga and self-care and exercise. So it's all a bit all over the place. But yeah, I fit it all in. I homeschool her. I work. It's a juggle, but it's yeah. cool. Homeschooling, that's class. Um, <laughs> it's good fun. It's all right. <laughs> do you know what though? It's creating a real strong bond between. Do you say you had a daughter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, four and a half. It's something that you look back in years and say. Do you remember when you lived when we when I homeschooled you because of COVID nineteen? Like it's a yeah. period in your life that it it will have real sort of structure and meaning. Um, or maybe they'll say, "Why aren't I so good at um, maths?" Well, what it was there. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we spent too many too much time outdoors and camping in the garden. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a great it's a great. Never mind. Um, the second one. Um, what workouts are you doing? Um, okay, so I listen to my body. I don't, I, I work, uh, like I work out intuitively. I listen to what I need. Um, but I generally, I run, walk, do a lot of yoga, um, a bit of Pilates, a bit of weights, but uh, yeah, mix it up. Yeah, Pilates and yoga, I, could, I really need to get into those two things. Um, mainly because you can do the eagle in yoga, I think. So I need to master that. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> Uh, get, Got to post a picture of that. There you go. There's your COVID nineteen <laughs> yeah. lockdown. Uh, <laughs> yeah, mission. well, I'm, I'm not very, I'm not very flexible. Um, third one, what have you started? So something that you've started, which you weren't doing. Um, I've start. I thought about this. I, I started doing really dodgy things that people um, set me challenges, like posting oh, right. videos of me doing random dances and <laughs> being dressed up in all sorts. Didn't do that before COVID-19. <laughs> is, this a, is this a TikTok thing or is it? Um... Um, I didn't sign up to TikTok. So I have to be a bit creative about it because I refuse to sign up to TikTok. But yeah, yeah something the, like that. <laughs> it is the wild west of, uh, of social media. Um, yeah. Fourth one, what have you stopped? What's come to a, a grinding halt? Um, I guess it's that just like everybody else, really, we're locked down. But I, I like to see it as I haven't stopped. I've put a pause and I've adapted. So I'm still catching up with friends online. We have like, you know, Zoom catch ups yeah. and all sorts. And yeah. So. Great. It's a great time for Zoom. That's all I'll say. It's a great time for Zoom. Yeah. Um, it is. Two, two, two platforms, TikTok and Zoom, have done extremely well out of COVID 19, like beyond. Secretly, their CEOs and, and, and owners will be like, winner. Um, I think I think, the, I'm not sure about this. I don't know who owns TikTok, but I believe it's Chinese-based. So there's, Ooh, a, bit of con- 
There's a bit of conspiracy <laughs> theory. Possibly. Wonder if they're going to give a little bit back. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? Hundred uh, percent, no chance. Um, no. No. Uh, fifth and final one. What's the first thing you're going to do after lockdown's finished? Uh, I'm just going to go out and hug everyone that I love and care about. I'm going to have just a, a hug-a-thon for about a month, I think. I'm missing it so much. Yeah, yeah. I thought... Um, big group thought hugs. You, I'm glad you put that <laughs> caveat on the end. I thought you were just going to go on a big, like, hug fest. <laughs> <laughs> I might do that too, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, brilliant. Uh, Joe, it's been a fantastic look into an area I know nothing about, which um, is what it's all about, learning and taking advice from people who are more skilled in areas that you don't know anything about. So I hope people um, will get something from that. If they'd like to contact you personally or maybe speak about any issues, where can people find you on the world of social media? Um, yeah, on the world of social media, I'm Joanna underscore wellbeing, or I've got a Facebook page, Joanna. Uh, oh, what's my Facebook page? Joanna Williams Wellbeing. <laughs> cool. um, but yeah, through through Instagram and just give us a shout, you know, whatever. I'm pretty much an open door, so all good. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, that's been a fantastic look into the world we don't normally go into, but I think we'll go back there again and talk more about holistic therapies. I'm interested. Who knows? I could be doing yoga in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joe, thanks very much for coming on the show. I really appreciate yeah, your time. Cool. Cheers, you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.